Blog Talk Radio. sexiest voice you've ever known. I'm here on the faulty, glitchy, doesn't promote your podcast when you really need it to, Blog Talk Radio, live, Nick Nunziata, none other, right here, in person, wasting time for you to waste your time. We are here to celebrate one of the finer moments in not only film history, but history itself. Uh, a film that really needs no introduction, released, I believe, 29 years ago, Ghost Story, directed by John Irvin of Raw Deal fame and based on the Peter Straub book of the same name. Now, most of you may not know this trivia, but Peter Straub is vastly shit most of the time when he pens books. Sometimes he's got a couple that sneak through the cracks and are pretty good, he uh, has spent a lot of time working with uh, Stephen King, an, an author who, by golly, has also been known, known to squirt out a few shitters in recent memory. Um, but the book was somewhat influential, and the movie it influenced us to make this podcast. We'll be joined by a, um, a bevy of guests, I would say maybe two, uh, but most importantly, Virtually no one from the cast is still alive, so we won't be seeing any of them sons of bitches. Um, a little bit about Ghost Story. It was uh, not a masterpiece of a film. Best known probably for having Craig Watson. Um, best known probably for having the last performances of several legendary actors like Fred Astaire, Douglas Fairbanks, Melvin Douglas. And also, a time when Alice Kriege showed off her news. I believe I got Justin on the phone. Justin, are you there? Hey, I am here. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Let me ask you a question real quick. Did you just refer to the elder actors in the movie as Jerry actors? I did not, but congratulations for that. I just coined that term. But you're old in that movie. Yes, sir. Well, they were they weren't old much longer after that movie. Bunch of classical but, faces. Fred Astaire did a twirling dance move into the afterlife shortly after this film. Douglas Fairbanks removed himself from the mix with the help of the Grim Reaper, and Melvin Douglas breathed his last shortly after craft services on Ghost Story. <laughs> did you, uh, did, did Fred Astaire dance in Ghost Story at all? Did he actually, did they do a little, you know, a little uh, homage, homage to his past work in that movie? No, but in a sense of ironic gerrymandering, um, in the flashback sequences, the actor who plays the young incarnation of Fred Astaire's character says that he does not dance. Oh, really? Like a little joke. I don't know if it's a little joke. It's stupid. But uh, was, that was that person played by Ken Owen? Ken Owen is in the movie. 
Yeah, uh, one of the young versions. I don't, no, he, that's, no, the guy that plays young Fred Astaire is a creepy-looking son of a bitch. Because I don't know if you know this, but Fred Astaire was not exactly a uh, good-looking man, if you think about it. Yeah. He's kind of uh, weird, and he's, uh, he's bizarre in this. He's stiffer than, he's stiffer than three, three Peter Norths in this film. He's like, uh, and, but you know what? I give him credit because he, he, he's the only actor. Well, him and John Hausman, who survived considerably longer after this film, they, they, they acquit themselves rather well. The other two guys, they had to kill them off early in the film. It was obvious. So, like, these actors are not going to make it. So we need to polish them off. Since you and I are the only people that would ever watch the film or are familiar with it, why don't you explain the, the premise to, to the people who probably aren't listening to this? Okay. Um, ghost the, Story. The phantom listeners. The ghost listeners. <clears throat> I get it. The, uh, the premise of the story is that... Uh, do, are you, do you want me to seriously tell you the pr- plot? Yes. Okay. Because I, I, mean, I know the plot. Okay. Yeah, you can uh, seriously do it. Yeah. Basically, there's a, a group of old men called the Chowder Society. And they're called that because uh, they gather in the night and drink each other's cum. They also All tell right. ghost stories. That's the, the, the way the film starts with a ghost story. And it's all these old actors sitting around the fire, smoking cigars and drinking brandy, and they're telling ghost stories. And they are freaking each other's shit out. Problem is, they all have nightmares. And the reason they have nightmares is because they have a ghost story of their own, you see. Yeah. One of the sons of one of the old men in the film's first reel um, meets an unfortunate end when his fiance turns out to be Alice Kriege. And uh, he fucks out the window. And that, 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 my friends, is played by Craig Wasson, that character. Craig Wasson of legendary body double fame. Uh, he falls out the window naked. And uh, he hits the ground and dies. Now, let me ask you a question, because I, I haven't seen this movie for a long time. You recently watched it. I thought that was a dream sequence. You know what? When I was younger, I thought so, too. But having recently rewatched the film, that is not yeah. a dream sequence. That is so the this... twin brother of ah. Greg Watson's character. <clears throat> so what happens is the, the, the brother that falls out of the building in the most infamous moment in film history, <laughs> uh, he dies. His, his twin brother finds out. Uh-huh that he died, and he had warned his brother about the woman because what had happened is the woman who was with his brother had previously been with him, and he had said, fuck off, you're a ghost. And she said, fuck you, I'm not, I'm going to go fuck your brother, and she does, and he falls out the window. And their <laughs> so, daddy, they wait, though, their daddy <laughs> is a member yeah. of the Chowder Club, the Chowder Club. Okay. So everything kind of comes full circle that something shitty happened at this town with these four dudes and this fucking ghost. And she's fucking coming back to collect. That's the story, a ghost story. Yeah, and and then at the beginning, she's traveled from this town into a city. And uh, she, I guess she seduces, she seduces the twin Watson. Is that what happens? He removes his clothing? Or does he actually have sex with the ghost? He is engaged to her by the time he, he leaves the world. He's actually, but I mean, are they, because he's naked when he falls. That's why we're talking about this movie. 
Well, he's Craig just, Washington, yeah, he's naked because it's the morning after they had scromped. Okay. They had put things into each other. And he wakes up, and she's on the bed face down. And he's getting ready for whatever he's about to do with his day, be Craig Watson. He's like, getting ready for a day that doesn't involve penis dangling. Gets, yeah. gets, goes, she's on the bed. She's face down. Her ass is hanging ass. And uh, he, he touches her, and she's really cold. Oh, no. But anybody who's seen Alice Creed before would understand that. And then she turns around, and she's a monster face. And he's like, fuck this, and he backs out the window. Oh, so he falls out like, the window, and he, and he lives like, in a skyscraper, right? He lives in a skyscraper, and the weird thing is, is I think they cut out the dialogue, I remember. He's like, I'm going to get to my car the quick way. I think that's what he says in the original version, but in this one he just gets freaked out, falls that's out too the window bad that, naked. That's too bad that he didn't back out the door on, into the elevator naked. You know, that would have saved his life. But he, well, he's wearing a, he could, here's what's weird. He's wearing a bathrobe when he goes yeah. to check her out. Yeah. The bathrobe, the bathrobe becomes less important to him as he's falling. So does, he, does the bathrobe fall off of him? Do they actually I, don't uh, the bathrobe, I, don't, I think the bathrobe lives, actually. Yeah. The bathrobe take, survived. Maybe there's a sequel. I think, in that. Yeah. I, I think so that bathrobe has seen some shit people aren't supposed to see. The actual dialogue they cut out is they, uh, um, you know, he says right before he falls, he's like, oh, you look horrible in the morning. Morning breath, that's what he says. And then he he dives penis down. Penis, he doesn't go penis first, right? He goes penis last to the pain. Really. I think he turns around a little bit. But I tell you what, he, he does not appreciate his descent. And uh, it's, it's, you know what? I'm a fan of filmmaking, not mm-hmm. the best filmmaking in that scene. No, he did not really fall out of a, of a skyscraper. That was movie magic. But the movie was made in 1981 for its time. That was some. That's probably that was probably some huge special effects for its time. Yeah, they Craig probably, they, was on a soundstage for hours with his dick out. They probably used like the same. Uh, set or like the same special effects like uh, area they, as they use for uh, Superman flying. And yeah, I hope they wiped it. I hope they wiped it clean. Instead of Christopher Reeve on his belly, Craig Watson was asked first. Spread eagle, you know, yeah. blue screen behind him. We had a naked Craig <laughs> going through the air. I think we've got Steve Murphy on the phone. It's about time. Hello, gentlemen. There he is. What do you say there, sports? Have you talked about Lufrigno's practicing of the left-hand magic? Have no. you talked about that yet? No. You haven't gotten to that yet? What is taking so long? Well, he's not in Ghost Story. Well, no, I'm talking about just practicing in general. I know you can't hear the magic spells that are flying all over the place, but he certainly practices them. How come you not brought this up in all the, in all the trades? This, sir, this is the um, this is the ghost story retrospective episode. Oh, <laughs> so I'm I'm three. Well, I'm I'm three shows ahead. Yeah, I mean we we we, uh, we haven't even had our our second meeting about the Luke Regno episode. Uh, crap! I read I rented a room at the Hyatt for that purpose though. And yeah, I looked at my uh, I looked at my notes wrong. Okay, so anyway, I, as as we were saying, Justin, I apologize. 
Greg Wasson was on the same blue screen unit as Christopher Reeve was. I'm supposing. I mean, they, they probably didn't have very many, you know, huge special effects uh, studios. That's so what, what I imagine. So do you think now when they go through like a, like a Hollywood tour of that facility and they've got a group of people that are taking pictures, do they pull that unit aside? Maybe. And say, this is the unit that was on the same, uh, the same bed as Superman. <laughs> this was Craig Watson's unit. But he falls shot. the fuck. He falls the fuck out of that building, and yeah. it's tiny. He's got a Killian Murphy dick in that movie, and it is. It's not swirling near as much as I hoped, because I remember it being like magnificent, like a like a fan blade in the Bahamas. But it's just a little twitchy dick. It's not really spinning around clockwise as I hoped. I wonder why they decided to do that to, for him to be naked and falling penis. Penis uh, last. Do you know what was that decision? You know, like what? Why do they think here we'll get a bunch of olds in this movie? We'll get the star power of Alice Creed and Craig Lawson, and for realism, we'll strip Craig Lawson naked, his twin, as he falls to his death, so he can show that peep. Like, what was this? This guy's the guy that directed. Later, he directed Next of Kin. I think you nailed it right there. Actually, I think you nailed it. Yeah. What? What? I think the I think you just fucking summed up exactly what the meeting was like. That's how it went I down. Just, I don't get it. Like I don't understand like why they want to get Watson naked. Do you think Watson argued with him? He's like, you know, I think my character would be naked in this scene. The director's like, I don't know, Craig Watson. He's like, it, he would. I guarantee it. Watson, watch this magic. Craig Craig Watson's an artist. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna do anything for the wrong reasons. Nothing gratuitous about it. Plus, he figured Alice Creed shows her shit throughout the film. So, Fred Astaire ain't pulling it out for no one. I, I got no problem with, you know, like, male nudity versus female nudity, it's fine. Go, go for it. But, like, watching Craig Watson, like, fall naked out of a window um, is, like, basically someone filming. No, it's like someone filming, like, a dog eating its own vomit. You know, it's, it's pretty much like the equivalent. I have to Don't disagree. You agree. I yeah. have to disagree. No? I have to disagree. I think it's, I think, uh, it couldn't be better. It could not be better. Maybe, maybe it was a different actor. Yeah, like, but Watson is just, he's already weird. He's already a weird actor. You know what he looks like? He looks like a perfect blending of Eddie Vedder and Paul Soder. Oh, yeah? I ain't kidding. Not a bad I mean, actor, was, I don't think. Steve, when was the last time you saw Ghost Story? Uh, but it's a long time ago. Probably after, um... Probably after Ghost Rider. I wanted to see the prequel. So I went back and watched oh. Ghost Story. And? I don't know. It was, it was, I was very disappointed. I was expecting a lot more male nudity in it. You got enough. That you know what's true. funny is... That's that all I watch. That movie has got, I've read a little bit about it, and there are some lines of thought that have it that the film is quite inspirational to a lot of modern horror day film, horror, uh, modern day horror films. Okay. Uh, but it's funny, all of the scares in the movie are identical. Every single thing is a reveal of a Dick Smith makeup creation. It's like, um, you know, and, and they're telegraphed 
so, I mean, so much. So it's like basically it's Alice Creech is creeping around. She's got something to reveal. She's pissed. Um, they open something or they re- like she, they, they reveal she's like in the room or in the backseat and then it cuts to this gelatinous fucking husk of, of some, some creation by legendary makeup artist Dick Smith. And that's it. There's one shot that's actually pretty good. There's a shot where the dude, the first old that gets murderized, um, walks out of his house in the, in the morning and onto a bridge, and then there's a gelatinous thing behind him, and then he falls off the bridge and goes deaf. And then you're, talk, you're talking about Ghost Rider. You're getting them mixed up. And then there's like this haunting image of like a, a Alice Creech kind of hiding in the bushes, standing in the bushes, and you don't see her face. Looks like, like something out of a Jap- looks like something out of a Japanese horror film, except it's old. Pretty creepy. Yeah. Pretty creepy. Fred Astaire lives. <laughs> he makes it. He makes it. I mean, he doesn't live now because he he died. Oh, he fucking flew out of the world shortly after uh, that movie. That was his last film, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Like Fred took away. All right. Well, he went, out on t- he went out on top with a huge box office smash. Actually, it was not a horrible failure. It wasn't? No, it was a moderate success. Well, so there. Maybe, maybe it's because of Fred Astaire, because it couldn't have been the star wattage of Creed and uh, Watson. Although Creed has always been a pretty interesting actress, I think. She's never been good or interesting. I don't think that's true. She's shit. She's weird. She showed up in Deadwood for a little bit, which I, which I was happy to yeah, see. Yeah, she, she plays, she's just got, she's just a, you know she doesn't manicure her parts just by looking at her. She's kind of weird. She's been in way too much Star Trek for my liking. She's, in, oh. she's very angular. I don't think she's a, uh, I don't think she's a bad actress at all. I mean, she's, she's a striking looking woman. Never. And her last name is Kreese. That's a great name. You know what's funny is we go on the IMDb message boards for Ghost Story, and 80% of the posts are about her being naked in it. Oh, really? And then the other 20 is about Craig Watson being naked in it. (coughs) Um, So, this is a Peter Straub book, correct? Yeah, Peter Peter Straub isn't the first reel of the movie. No, but he... Peter Straub uh, wrote the book. He wrote the shit out of Ghost Story. He kind of was always considered like a brainier Stephen King, a much less successful Stephen King. And in fact, they've collaborated before, correct? Right. Yeah, which I also covered in the intro. Oh, I missed Being the, a professional. Uh, the, ta- the Talisman. Yes. And and the sequel to The Talisman, Black House or something? Yeah, Black, Black something or another. How was that? Did you read that? Fuck no. Talisman bored me away. I like the Talisman. I got bored and left the room. That book was boring. Yeah. That's a movie that everybody likes. That's fucking stupid. But Straub is still working. I know, I know. He wrote a book I, I read a book by him called Coco back in the day. A Vietnam a, crazy book. Is that a killer ape? I don't know. I can't is remember it. There's not enough killer ape movies. I think we'll all agree. Yeah, he's kind of a prolific writer, uh, Straub. He's still, he's still kicking. He's still going strong. In fact, uh, to tie it in, Stephen King in his last Entertainment Weekly article 
name drop Craig Wasson, which I thought was interesting. How did he name drop him? No, he just Craig Wasson's a, uh, oh, a right, right, right. Yeah, he's a voiceover. Like a, uh, he he reads books. He's an audio book reader, and he apparently is very good. Uh, he and he reads in the buff. He reads naked. That's how he gets how he does it. I don't believe you. That's an image I need. So do you but think? Apparently, um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you think about it, going back to the, the subject of our discussion. Yeah. There, there are so there are so many ghost stories made, and so few that stand up. I think the conversion rate is like one out of every twenty is actually kind of decent. And then if you think about it, if you think through history, like through film history. The amount of ghost stories that have actually weathered the test of time, it's very small. And the funny thing about the movie Ghost Story, all jokes aside, is that it's not a very good movie, but I hated it like when I saw it. And all, up until recently, I just thought it was like just a really boring ghost story. But watching it now, it's like a really boring ghost story. <laughs> Fucking boring. Um... It's an adult. It's an adult uh, ghost story, kind of like uh, a bunch of olds kicking around. They did something bad in their past. Watson shows up, tries to figure out what's happening, um, and he gets. And does Watson get sexually haunted? Is that what's happening? Does no. the ghost try to? Does the ghost try to cop a feel on him after his brother's death? Actually, no, because she goes to the brother after she's already run around rampant with him. But He's already given her everything he owns. Did he? Did, how did Watson figure it out that before he got? How did uh, the the twins? She would have died to, well, here's the thing. There's a great scene in the movie. That I'm surprised Steve hasn't watched on the internet because he, the searches he's prone to do in the dark hours. Is that all I do? Well, when you lived with Will and Caesar, pretty oh. safe to say you probably no, did. Now that, that you put it like that, <laughs> there's there's a scene there's a scene in Ghost Story which is actually more creepy than the ghost scenes. Craig Watson and Alice Kreese are naked in a bathtub, and he's playing with her nipples with his toes. Is this the Watson that, the Watson that doesn't die or the Watson that dies? The Watson that's the star of the movie, the Watson that does not die. How does he piece it Maybe together? Maybe keeps just... killing him. But it's funny because, like, in the, in, the, in the flashbacks, you find out how the bitch got killed. She, she was yeah, but um, yeah, she gets, he pulls out of the water. She gets murdered under the water playfully in the bathtub after touching her tits with his toes for a while, and okay. that reminds her of her demise, and she loses. She goes badass, and then he breaks uh, up with her. Well, and then the next day she's well. Here's why he breaks up with her. I think he wakes up in the middle of the night. She's standing by the window, and she foretells the demise of humanity. Basically, she's like. I'm going to fuck you all out. He's like, done. <laughs> Relationship over. You, you, can't, you can't threaten to murder my world and, and just, you know, you know, call it a day. So she comes back into the bed the next day. He says, I have something I want to talk about with you. And, and then they have a talk, and she's sent to the curb. And then she goes and fucks his brother and kicks his penis out a window. But... Um, <laughs> When he pulls her under the water, she goes, shit-ass, and freaks yeah. out. And then she goes, fucking knuckle-crazy. 
So she's she's a she's a crazy bitch. There's no doubt. Well, she was she was let's, she was wrong. I mean, she her life was ended by the old back when the olds were young, and uh, and she's looking for revenge. And I guess she took a page from Freddy Krueger and is killing the old offspring. Eh? Well, actually, that's that's a weird. I'm sure the book goes into detail, but it doesn't really explain why the fuck she went after the kids. Yeah. Because despite, I mean, Girth not being a crime, he, Craig had done nothing wrong. So that's a weird thing. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, apparently a thread in the book about her being a Manitou. No, no kidding. Like a shapeshifter. Okay. And, uh, and so maybe there's like, maybe she's kind of like got that kind of those succubus tendencies or maybe the revenge is just so deep she wants to fuck them where they breathe. I don't know. Well, it makes sense that she'd want to, like, really get revenge and make them pay before they really hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird that she would, um, she'd let them live long, healthy lives and then fuck them up when they're so, so ruined it doesn't matter. Like, what, the, what a shitty ghost. She's like, you know what? I died young. and You killed me when you were young and full of life. I'm going to let you live your life and become successful and live your long lives, and then I'm going to kick you right at you on death's door. I'm going to kick you into death's face. What a dumb ghost. I hope she is. Well, maybe, she, maybe she's a weak ghost, and she couldn't handle the young spry, uh, and then she had to wait until they got old and feeble. You know, but then yeah. that's no problem with the... With, she had no problem uh, serving that penis down to the cement, you know, so I don't know. The theory is kind you know, of... You know, what's funny, you, know, you know why she dies? Do you remember the, the reason she dies? It's an accident, right? It's an accident, but you know why? It's, it's, it's almost like the whole book's a metaphor for man, man, man's insecurity. No, I don't remember. One of the youngs, before they become an old, goes to bed with the young Kriege, and he can't yeah. bring his cock up. He yeah. can't get his business in action, which is embarrassing. Uh, Steve, I mean, it, I mean, right? It's pretty embarrassing when that happens. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. yeah. So, so he can't make it. He can't make it build. So she, uh, she, like, so he tells everybody, all the other friends, that he gave her everything he had. Like she took it. She took twenty dollars worth of dick. So he lies to them, and then they get all kind of like interested and all that, and they have this big party at her house, and they're all kind of frolicking, and they all want to dance or whatever. And then she she kind of she kind of turns the table. She's she's just about to tell them that that their friend can't make his Peterbilt, and he pushes her into the wall, and her face goes blue, goes boom, and then they, oh, you know, they they think so. She's about to give up the truth about his tiny, and and that's why she dies because she almost admits that he has penis problems, and then he pushes her face into the wall. And then, uh, and then they think she's dead, and they send her into the river, which is what you're supposed to do when an accident happens. But she's not. She's not dead. Remember, right? She wasn't dead. She, she's just she's unconscious. They, they forgot to check her pulse. And then when, the, and and then when she gets sent into the river, then she really dead. Well, yeah, she wakes up in the car, and she's like, "Oh God!" And then, she, and then she realizes she's floating away. But what I like, what was great, is her last words. From the trunk, he yells out, "He couldn't get it up." That's what she says. <laughs> and on that note, gentlemen, I have to go. 
I have to go. There was Stephen. Enjoy. It's got to be bedtime, so I'll see you tomorrow. It is. It's almost sleepy time. What I got to do is I got to go find these scenes we're talking about, and then uh, take a, a get a bowl of cereal and then go to sleep. And thus, and thus ends the arrival of our Alice Creech aficionado. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Hi, Steve. So his penis did not work. No. It did not. But he do put her. Who who is Ken Olin one of the young olds, eh? Yes. That's a young Ken Olin. Who cares? He's, he's Ken a Olin. dapper man. He was a dapper man back in the day, but he looks pretty good. He's, he's Tiny Houseman. That's who he plays. He plays Mini John. Yeah. John Houseman's great. It's so funny because he's kind of like the, uh, sort of the bad guy of the piece. And, uh, I mean, they're all bad. I mean, I'll do something silly. But, uh. How does Houseman end up? He gets in a nasty car accident, and then he gets killed by a ghost boy, I think, in the backseat of his car. Because there's, like, just two other ghost people that are kind of like a cohorts of Alice Creed's that they're squatters in this old house and stupid shit. It's a dumb subplot with stupid actors. And uh, John Houseman's driving to ass because Craig Watson shattered his leg, and he's going to help, and he gets in the car and tear, tears ass off, and then he sees Alice Creed in the middle of the street. Tries to stop and just smashes through her ghost, and then he goes off the off the rails and smashes, and he recovers just in time to die as the ghost kicks his ass. He goes toes up. He leaves. John Houseman, weird... actor though, did not get the memo that he was supposed to die right after filming. He fucking no. squandered squandered that opportunity he... and continued to breathe for years. Yeah, he used to show up on like Silver Spoons or something. I remember or different. I think Silver Spoons. Yeah, he was great. He had a great accent. No, he was a he was a director too, right? I don't know. Uh, he's best known for the Paper Chase, right? Well, he had that funny voice. He had that kind of crazy voice. He was great. He was, he was great speaking voice. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now he's in, in the Earth's crust. The stratosphere. He's he's uh he's doing something. He's he's busy. Yeah. You know what's funny is the music in that movie almost ruined like the some of the scares would have been a lot better if the music wasn't so melodramatic. Yeah. Piss poor music. Just absolutely wrong for the movie. Just You know, that's one of the problems with a lot of old, old horror movies is that they have these um they have music that's like, you know, it's grand. It's stuff like from a time when movies were more there was more grandeur and class to them, but it doesn't really apply to horror films a lot of the time. Unless it's a period film and this this is not really I mean there's moments but so they have this really bad music, and uh, it just makes me sad because what 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 could have become of Craig Watson's career had this been a like, like a poltergeist type hit? Well, that's like Fright Night. You remember? I love the movie Fright Night, which they're remaking. I don't know if you still love that movie or if you ever did. I, I, still, did you love, love, I still love that movie. I still love it. I think it's amazing. And so, like, if you watch it now, they'll go to like there's like a club scene in it where. Chris Sarandon's vampire character follows the young couple um, of a Charlie Brewster and his girlfriend to his club, and he's like, yeah, he's kind of like um, hypnotizing the girlfriend. Remember, like, kind of gets absconds with her. Um, so it's a good scene, but the music is like horrible. It's like it's so dated. It's like you know, um, total eighties, you know party, like, you know, went to the party, had some punch type music. It's, like, awful, awful. So, 
that's probably what Ghost Story is like, right? A little Hall notes in there somehow, or <coughs> maybe. Yeah. That would have been a lot, actually. Maybe instead of that Christian company that replaces, you know, there's that Christian company that goes and cuts out, does edits. Clean flicks, right? Yeah, they could do like maybe there could be a company that does musical edits for old films, like kind of removes the club '80s club music of Fright Night, puts a little something a little bit better in there, something that's aged better at least, you know. I think it's pretty good. I think it's also great that um, they play carnival music when it's when he falls out the window. <laughs> did they show? Did they show him splatter? Yeah, it's a really it's so bad. It's it's like it's like there's like four cuts in that sequence where like he falls out the window and then there's a really bad blue screen effect of, of a naked Craig falling. And then and then um there's like a shot of him kind of turning towards us with this horrible expression and uh you don't see his cock anymore, which is good. And then he but it's still bad blue screen and then he the he, you see him break through the glass, that's the worst effect. It's just so bad. And then he smashes onto the ground, and then and then his body's still like gyrating a little bit, and there's like pieces of broken glass, and then there's a shot of his dead face, and it's just he's, he's practically looking at the camera and breathing at it. It's like I'm fine. This is acting. <laughs> it's like I'm still fucking in shock from the naked sessions at the effects studio. I'm in shock. I'm an actor, and, th- and I feel like I've been euthanized. <laughs> He's like, his last words are, are like, it's already terrible that I fell to my death, but don't tell me that I wasn't wearing boxers. Did that, did that just happen? I felt a cool breeze on my scrotum. Please, God, let me, I was wearing underwear, correct? You know what? We should, start a, uh, we, should start a, we should start our own version of, like, the religious plate thing. And what we do is we take flicks and we insert Craig Watson's scene into all of <laughs> Or like we could anytime, do it. Anytime someone's or, near a window, we cut yeah. to that. It's so, like it could be a guy drinking tea by the window, and he does. He's like a black guy with like <laughs> a giant afro and a twenty-inch beard, but he falls out the window, and he's Craig Watson, and then it goes back to the story. It's like that'll fuck with people's heads. So, what would we call it? I didn't think about small ween flicks, teen prick. Um, um, yeah, I mean that'd be good, or we could, or we could do the, we could actually some, you know, work for a company that does like clean flicks, and we could frame by frame draw uh, like corduroys on Watson as he falls. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah I think you're onto something. We could do both. We could actually, it'd be, it'd be a great scam. What we could do is we could insert Watson into those films. And then have another company that cleans up Watson out of the, you know, you know, hey, no, what we'll do is we'll draw some boxers on them. Don't worry. We could build a proprietary device to do this. We can call it the washing machine. <laughs> It'd be good. It could be lucrative and we could be rich. Yes. Both? Yeah. Both of those things? Wow. Well, man, the picture, remember like the Matrix 2? Remember when uh, uh, Trinity, she's falling out the window shooting her. Yep. Up. Remember that backwards? We could put Watson right beside her. You know? And you could have little bullets coming out of it. They have to be little bullets. Very little. Very little. And then yeah, if it catches it on. Work. Imagine this. It catches on. We have conventions. We do an air show. 
A suspended Watson. Have you have you seen a suspended Watson? Yeah, it could be good. No, but could have little kids with little Watson balloons. And we'd never have to settle with a for a lookalike, although we might want to. Um, because he'd be available. What other films could we insert it into? Think of some classic films that it might his that scene might fit right into. At play in the fields of the Lord. <laughs> Well, that's for sure. <laughs> Not a window in the movie. I don't care. <laughs> World Trade Center. Clute. Of course. Of course, Clute. I love old Craig oh. Watson. But you know what's funny? This is kind of like, this is like a typical, like, um, lesson. Because I went into this completely hoping to just talk about, just to talk about, you know, how silly the movie is. And I actually was inspired somewhat by it because it's, it's nowhere near as bad as it could have been. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's kind of an important movie in the grand scheme of things. And I remember the poster had the house, like the really creepy house up on the hill. Yeah, it was a good uh, poster, yeah. It felt big. It felt like this, is, this movie's going to shake your tits off. And, and it didn't work, but... You know, I love that about the 80s is that, like, you could have, like, this ominous trailer and this fucking crazy dick falling out the window and all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, 29 years later, people are talking about it. And you can cast Craig Watson. I mean, Craig Watson looks like, he looks like a, uh, Bill Maher a little bit. That's kind of how he looks like, you know. And, like, kind of a... Only, only from the waist down. <laughs> And, uh, you know, to put him, he got cast in quite a bit of, you know, he got cast in some De Palma films. Like, did he get cast in two of them? Or just one? Body Double might be it. Yeah, so he was a... Brian De Palma he was like, probably, he, did he get, now let me see which came first, because that's the question, like, did, did he, what did he use for his screen test? Body Double came after Ghost Stories, so what happened was he sent them some clips from Ghost Stories for the job. Yeah. And they're like, uh... They'd already signed him, and they they couldn't. The insurance wouldn't let them break break the contract. Well, it just cracked me up because he he is a, he's an interesting actor. He's just kind of a strange actor, and he found himself headlining movies for a little bit. And you know now he's now he's old and older, and you know, reading audio books. But he got handed to a lot of them. He's actually he, he made, has had a, he's had a decent career. He was actually in the Boys in Company C, which was like my first Vietnam movie as a kid. Yeah, uh, and Carney. Which was, I think Gary Busey was in that, was he not? Yeah, Gary Busey movie. Well, um, the director of the director of this film of Ghost Story went on to direct Hamburger Hill, which you like, right? It's violent. I, I don't really like it. Yeah. But if you look at Craig Watson's career, he was in a movie called Night at O'Rears. Um, yeah. That last film. Nine on Elm Street Three. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm X. Uh. Other stuff, stuff I've never heard of. Nope. And then Akeel and the Bee. So I mean, oh, that was his last one. Sasquatch Mountain is his last one. Oh wow! Starring Lance Henriksen and Serena Vincent. Well, this is a side note. This is a side note, but I found out yesterday that they're doing a sequel to Mirrors, and uh, William Cat is in it. I think. Okay. I think I'm right. I, I just, I'm surprised they're doing a, a sequel to Mirrors. I've got to tell you, though, his, his most recent movie is called Sasquatch Mountain. 
Yeah. Barring Lance Henriksen, Serena Vincent is in it, which means there's tits in it. Am I wrong? Is she, does, she, does she have a contract that disallows her to pull them out? Yeah, there's, there's, there's no, no way, way she's not naked. Yeah, yeah, there's no way they're not coming out. Who else is in it? Who else is Rand Howard of, of Grizzly Park. Oh, wow, Rand Howard. Oh, my God, it's a Sasquatch movie. And guess, <laughs> guess the name of the actor who plays Sasquatch. I don't know. Who? His name, his name is Tiny Ron. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Tiny Ron as Sasquatch. Is it out on DVD? I, want, I like to watch a good Sasquatch film. No, I'm while. thinking. I'm thinking we need to do a, a retrospective article for Sasquatch Mountain ASAP. Oh, well, might as well. This is like shouting into the wind. Is there, are there people that listen to this? Are you kidding me? They're fucking all over this town. Who? People I'm are fucking. Be, are you kidding me? I'm, I might as well be driving to your house to talk to you in your garage about this film. There's no one listening. There, there is no way people are not listening to this. There's, you had you posted on chat and one person was like, uh, Taddy was like, uh, I, I didn't appreciate the nude image of Craig Watson on the site. That's what his response was. We have no one listening. Steve called in, for God's sake. That's it. Now, now he doesn't appreciate the uh, naked Craig Watson. Now. But take, normally, a call, take a caller. Take a caller. See, see what happens. Say, caller. Go ahead. Right, I'm going to do a, call, a, do a shout out for callers. Callers, the number is 1 347 826 9101. I will go like, straight like, to the front of the queue if you call. <laughs> I will. It's like giving your number to like a street lamp, you know? Please call in, street lamp. There ain't no callers. This is that's the real story. There's no one out there. That's the scary there is part. There's no way that we're not going to get a street lamp calling. Fucking even Alice Creed is like, fuck this show. You know? The ghost of Alice okay. Creed wouldn't even listen yeah, to this show. Yeah, I've got a caller. No way. Caller, how are you? Hello? Who's this? This is your friend. Nick, you just, that's, that's your fucking with me. That's your, that's your disguised voice, right? I'm taking the Chud show on a ride down my elevator. In case I say oh, penis yeah. around my coworkers. I know who this is. <laughs> I know who that is. What if I is. lose you in the elevator? We've got another caller. You are, Justin, can you be more wrong? Yeah, all you had to do is ask. I'm going to bring another caller. We're gonna have to, I'm going to see who this 604, who is this caller? Do who I have to compete you, with this caller? Who is this? This is Troy. Troy Nixie? Yeah. <laughs> This is like an all-star. Are you kidding? Ghost Story brings out the best. <laughs> See, you, you thought got, no one was listening, and everyone is listening. Yeah, got, is this the best you can do is getting Troy on? Come on. Okay, so I've got, <laughs> I've, got Justin, I've got Andrea, and I've got Troy, and I did not solicit these calls. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, just put it, you just put it out there, Nick, and, and, you know, and, and the ones that love you uh, uh, came through. Troy, have you seen Ghost Story? The the original one? Yeah, the one in eighty one. Uh, probably, probably haven't seen it in a really long time. <clears throat> you, so, so basically, how much of Ghost Story influences "Don't Be Afraid of the Dark"? 
<laughs> what percentage? I would say uh, a good 93.8%. Justin, I didn't want to it tell just, this to you, but we snuck Craig Watson on the set for a couple of days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you do? Do you carry, like, equipment around, or how do you help out? <laughs> You've he seen Ghost Story. He doesn't carry equipment around. <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Craig Watson. <laughs> So I'm glad to hear what that Craig Watson. No, that you guys that you guys employed him, that you guys helped him out when you guys kind of your for, your your first foray into kind of big big budget filmmaking, and you said, you know what, we should do get Craig Watson on the set. Uh, Justin, nah. he was on the catering crew. <laughs> well, Nick brought him with him when he came over. That was part of the deal. That was in his rider. <laughs> And if you see Craig Watson, you know he's not a writer. <laughs> Andrea, have you seen Ghost Story? What do you think? Would you see it now knowing that there's a penis swirl in it? Of course. All right. Swirl. I, I do like the I do I do like the the quick photo uh, Photoshop job you did to um, to make Patty happy. <laughs> you know yeah. what? You know what? You you got all up in arms about them censoring the movie Kick Ass at the theater. It's Kick and then three asterisks, and then yeah. on your own site you put up some crazy face over the guy's peep. Crazy face. You censored yourself. You censored I did. yourself. I can't get somebody fired. If I got somebody fired, I would not be able to live with myself. I jump well, off because the window. Because you're looking at a minuscule peep that takes up like. Three pixels on their computer screen at work. Well, let me let me be, let me suggest this though, Nick. I mean, I saw that you censored it, but did you not realize that Craig Watson's penis already self-censors? There's like <laughs> nothing. There's like nothing there. It's like a it's like a shadow with like a jelly bean in the midst. You know. I thought, I thought maybe it just blurred itself. Even in real life, there's just a blur there. That is the that is the most. The tamest rated G version of a naked peep falling from a skyscraper I've ever seen. Exactly. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Andrea Andrea said something very interesting. So what what did they, who censored what with Kick-Ass? At the movie theater they did? Yeah, right when you go to walk in, you know, like you're in theater number 17, it plays on the little LED thing. It says kick and then three asterisks. Yeah, when you're going to the movie, you know you're going to the movie called Kick-Ass. It says, it says Kick-A and two asterisks. Oh, okay. All right. That's still, still. pretty That's still pretty funny. Come on. Yeah, and it's all over the posters and everything. Like, come on. You bought tickets to the movie. You said the name of it to the cashier. I guess it's for the kids that are walking down the hall on their way to see How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, well, those kids use a lot worse words than ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... Isn't that up on the posters in the theater? It's all of the posters. Yeah, it was. It's not for I think That's I think funny. little kids by the by the time you know they get they're not looking up. They're looking at their popcorn. They're looking at the ass of the guy in front of them. They're not. They're trained not to look up. So yeah, I would have been asking what letter that is after A, and then I would still someone have to explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's 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 retarded. It's not good, but. Uh, my I was a kid, I'd also be asking where the penis is, too, but... What I should have what? done, you're right, what I should have done was, was cover 
everything but the penis was box face. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and just put like where his mouth is. That should be the the penis opening. They're gonna be like, and, and what they're gonna say now, now, then what's gonna happen is people are gonna say, "Can you change that? I'm tired of seeing Spock about to eat the smallest hot dog in town." Yeah, then they complain about which face <laughs> is consuming it. You just can't please everyone. Neither can Greg Locker. Um, Justin, on the on the what? My job got mad at me just because it was Craig Lawson. <laughs> they didn't care that he was naked, but they got pissed. I was looking at a Craig Watson picture. <laughs> well, you work at the wrong place. I don't know. Justin, on the Killian Murphy meter, where does Craig Watson rate? I think if, I think Killian Murphy could walk proud after watching Ghost Story. That's all I'll say. Okay. What do you think? I, I don't know because, I mean, in 28 Days Later, there was so much bush to contend with. Well, this is, this is all I'll say. I think the, the makeup person on the set of Ghost Story had less to work with. You know what I'm saying? They, her, her or his job was, uh, was very, very, it was a quick day. You know, a little, little touch-up down there, that's it, you know? On the peep? Yeah. yeah. And for the, for the close-up, no, they didn't For him, I think they had a serious hairstyling job. I don't think it was about the peep. Put a little blush, put a little blush on there, you know? I think everybody was blushing. But for the close-up, they didn't use a blue screen. They used a cocktail napkin. No. But don't pull me. So, Troy, what you got, everyone? The only legitimate one of, of us all, what, what, what's anything interesting to share? You got, got anything in the pipeline or anything cool happening? Oh, lots and lots. As you know, we discuss these things, and and um, we're just still waiting to uh, find out um, what Disney's doing with Don't Be Afraid. And and um, last I heard, they're still very excited about it. So fingers crossed. And um, they're we're getting ready for another uh, test screening. Cool. Maybe they could find Scandinavian women that weigh 400 pounds from the uh, you know that don't speak any languages. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting how they pull their audience. It's true. <laughs> how, do you, how do you get to age 42 without speaking any languages? I wonder. <laughs> That'd be perfect. If you guys want to get, if you guys want to off the charts uh, test screening, you should make it a double feature. Put sneak ghost story in first. You know. <laughs> Wait for those cards to be filled out. <laughs> Let's just do a smash up of both films. See if people notice. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm writing now too again, and um, and simple machines. There's some stuff going on with that, and as you know, and um, so yeah, lots of things moving forward. It's all good. Yeah, well, Troy Troy uh, is great, and it's, it's 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 so delightful to have your pleasant Canadian timber on the show. <laughs> the dulcet tones. <laughs> yeah, the magnificent foreign. Holy cow, we got a million callers. I'm going to actually cycle through. Troy, I'm going to hang up. Okay. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks, in. Troy. Anytime okay, you guys. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Okay. I'm yeah. hanging up, too. All right, Andrew, thanks for calling, you crazy bitch. Yep. All right. Yeah. We got, Thank you. We, we, we got a caller from the 71732. Who are you, caller? I am Mike Flynn. I am also known as Hunter Tarantino on the boards. 
How are you doing, sir? Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I am doing awesome, and I just wanted to respond to the uh, a couple things. First of all, the Craig Wasson thing. I just went on his uh, IMDb page. He ain't got shit going on. He's yeah, like Watch Mountain. Sasquatch Mountain. Let me yeah. let me say it. He he reads uh, he reads James Elroy's new book uh, audio book. They say it's fantastic. He does a good job. So yeah, I he mean a, I'm, and it's a shame. A body double's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It is good. The, the drill scene is, is just scary as hell. I mean, I just wanted to mention that. Also, Ghost Story, I haven't seen it yet, actually, but um, I did want to mention, uh, I was just speaking of John Irvin, the guy who directed I just watched The Dogs of War the other night. Pretty good, yeah, awesome. pretty good. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah he it directed was better it. Then. It was better then. But he directed a couple of films. He's still working, oh, I think, that guy. He's yeah, yeah. Deal, he, well, deal, yeah. And uh, uh, next to Kin. Yeah, the Dilly Departed, Patrick Swayze. But, yep. um, yeah, and back to Kick-Ass. It's, it's, it's really sad that ki- I don't know about a lot of kids uh, sneaking into this movie. I mean, back when I was like, I, I saw RoboCop when I was five, and I'm 22. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll, that, that'll mess your head up. And, what you know, it's just. That? That was 87, yeah. And the, uh, the, the, I guess the last thing I wanted to mention was Kick-Ass, again, it was friggin' awesome. I think that in the future it might have, a, like, a Fight Club-type effect in terms of its cult status. But I did want to mention one thing I loved was the Death Wish 3 homage during the climax. Did you have power with, yeah, with, the, with the rocket launcher? Yes, I... Just about died because I'm a regular poster on the B action thread, and that Death Wish three thing was awesome. Well, that's that cool. Three deserves it. Well, that was a good and, movie. I think I think you're right. I think people are going to really find it once it hits DVD for sure. And I, about it. okay, what's sorry. up? No, <laughs> sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, back to and speaking of kick ass, some stream of consciousness thing. Mark Strong. Uh, I was at Costco the other day, and uh, they had this Sherlock Holmes advertisement, and his name wasn't on there, and I kept thinking that it wasn't a strong form of advertising. Nice. Yeah, we, have from, we have a caller from the 715. Let's bring you into the fold. Hello? Hey, it's uh, Lucas from Wisconsin. Welcome, sir. Uh, I want... Uh, good. I wanted to comment on uh, two things. Number one, Craig Wasson's uh, Wikipedia page. I don't know if you read this, but at the end of his career, it's just one sentence that says, he is often mistaken for Bill Maher. Yeah, I think I must have read that. Cause that's Because for some reason when I was saying that before, I was like, I must have read this. Because cause I can't, it's funny because I haven't seen Craig Wasson for a long time. So yeah, that must be it. Often mistaken for Bill Maher. And on Bill Maher's page, it says, Bill Maher... Who the fuck is Craig Watson? <laughs> <laughs> he is. Watson is like, and that's the thing is like, Watson is actually. I mean, it's it's not tough to beat the looks of Bill Maher, but he's he's a he's a better looking man than Bill Maher for sure. So that's a, that's a tough that's a tough. Uh, although he's probably excited, he's like, hey, yeah, I like to get mistaken for someone famous. You know, you know what would suck? It would suck if if uh, some fucking crazy conservative kills Craig Watson, <laughs> thinking it's Bill Maher. His uh, penis actually often gets mistaken for a dried-up caterpillar that's been sitting in the sun for five weeks. 
I'm talking about Bomar. <laughs> yeah. Craig and Watson. then I also... Oh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was going to make a penis talk, so keep, please keep going. Oh, no, I was going to make a penis talk. I was going to ask about the best uh, penises in movies. Uh, and, uh, I actually... Non-porns. The, I think uh, I, one of them is in Bruno. Bruno's good. Uh, Huey Lewis's news. And shortcut. That, that was uh, that was a very special time. That that classic theater. That theater. Classic. I mean, me and my friend, my friend Ryan, were in, we saw that in the theater, and um, uh, it's my friend Brian who uh, has he, he doesn't do things on a small scale. Um, when that happened, like when inexplicably Huey Lewis decides to piss on camera, he was, his his reaction was loud and sudden. And we were in an art house theater where <laughs> penis sightings are not uncommon. He, but Huey Lewis is—it's weird. He's one of the few actors that uh, actually can pee on command with his real cock. That's why he's sought after, you know. Uh, that's why I saw duets. He—he <laughs> he drinks a lot of Gatorade, but Gatorade before he's seen, you know. I think, first of all, I think, I think the pissing scene in Shortcuts, and I've not read the script, and I don't read the Raymond Carver books, I, but I, I, and I should have listened to commentary during that scene, but I would bet that was an improv. You know that he and has I, to be, I mean, you know he has to be nervous when he's called he to do it. any kind of acting, like any kind of acting, but when Altman was like, Huey, please pee, he, he had to be relieved. <laughs> the one thing I can do, you know? He had to be relieved? Yeah, we saw him be relieved. <laughs> he had to be—he had to be so excited about that scene. This is—I can fucking knock this one out of the park. Plus, I got huge penis. Even better. We long. Robert Altman would still be with us if that didn't happen. <laughs> if he had made Woody Harrelson pee on command in a Prairie Home Companion. Oh man! I, during his—I recently time, saw that. Recently saw that. You, you, now, if you remember. Uh, during the Oscar tribute, like when Robert, when they had the, uh, the Robert Altman thing, the big thing yeah. Robert Altman thing with the wheelchair spinner. Um, yep. Surprisingly, they omitted that scene from the uh, collage. <laughs> how, how, how many takes it took? What are how many takes it took? Altman is, what if Altman's like Fincher was like a hundred, hundred takes <laughs> of, uh, of Huey Lewis. They had a, it was a shot over a week of the pissing scene. Huey Lewis was like, man, I am, Especially sore from all the piss. Altman was going to use that uh, scene for uh, another one of his movies too. Streamers. Which one? Yeah, that Streamer. didn't work out though. That makes me sad actually. <laughs> oh, that's a, a Peter Weller film, right? I think so. The Jennifer Rubin film, right? <laughs> <laughs> Peter Weller. Yeah. You think? Do you think the um, Do you think Victor Salva would like Huey Lewis on his crew? Because if you remember correctly, he had a lot of problems getting a lot of problems getting people to piss on cue for him in films. Yeah, and and all the other letters of the alphabet. <laughs> well, Lucas, thanks for calling in. Justin and I are going to carry this over the over the hump. Yeah. All right. Thanks, but not much over the hump. I got to get back to work, sir. Well, I'm going to carry it alone because I forgot I scheduled this to be a 90-minute podcast. Oh, God. Well, 
Oops. Just trying to do it without me. How much time does the Breck Eisner interview take up? Because I could probably go back. Is that, is that it for our callers? We got any more? Oh, uh, I don't even know. I was wrong. Yeah, we had. Uh, we are. The, we are. Charles access is is fucking so extensive that we had yeah. like six callers. Oh, we turned we turned callers down. Well, I mean, we didn't really turn them down. We we cut them early. Well, oh. on time with with the uh, with the joke, but um, I can't believe somebody was five when RoboCop came out. I didn't know that was even possible. Yeah, or they—that's awesome. They went to see. It. They got—he's got awesome parents. Yeah, but then the, the the relationship was over when they took him to see RoboCop two. That movie is incredible, RoboCop. I saw that in the theater as well. I don't know how old I was, but man. Because uh, remember, Fangoria like, had Fangoria. I think Fangoria had been covering it pretty good before it came out because of the notorious X rating. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm, you know, it's like most people went into that film blind and were blown yeah. away. But a select <laughs> group of us, as young as we may have been, were went in there with just the perfect. Knew what to expect. And yeah, actually. It was, I mean, but if you watch it, I mean, it's violent, there's no doubt, but it's not, like, super violent. At the time, it, it was really extremely violent. I mean, it's just because it was kind of just a new type of violence, in a way, at least in that setting. So, yeah, now it's a little tamer, obviously, not surprisingly. But, they're, you know, it's great. It's, a, it's, it's still a pretty great film, that's for sure. It is a delight. Peter Weller gets his... The best high five of all time. No, he did not. They did not. not they did not treat him well. I can never watch that '70s show because I look at it as just extended universe RoboCop stuff. He's great on that show. Kurt, Kurt this, is, this is great. what made Boddicker go bad. He was perfectly normal. <laughs> Until then, and there was, now there's an actor. He's still he's still working. He's he's still working because he was like in his 40s, I think, when he shot RoboCop. So he's getting up there, but he but he's a great he was great in RoboCop. He's great in that 70s show. He's a great actor. Do you, think, um, do you think the baldness extends? Oh, it does. So I think I think I think Washington should have probably cut it cut it shorter. That's too bad they didn't bring him back for the sequels. He was great in RoboCop. They always bring people back, you know. Miguel Ferrer and Kurt Smith, I, I cannot believe more people didn't put those two guys together in movies more often. So good. Can you imagine, like, Ronnie Cox, Kurt Smith, and Miguel Ferrer doing, like, a tour through the nation together? <laughs> what if they ever go to, like, comic, like uh, movie sci-fi conventions and, and uh, do a RoboCop panel? Weller, Weller could come, too. I mean, he's... He's, he's beloved, you know? He's probably above it. And and honestly, uh, I mean... There's no way he's above it. Miguel Ferrer does all those trailer voice shit. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? It's horrible. It's horrible. horrible. Like, I can't, I can't help but, but not listen to him, like, announce fucking trailers and not think it's extended Nightflyer <laughs> universe stuff. <laughs> That's a great film. Who is oh, the vampire yeah. night flyer? Who is the night vampire? Park. The night flyer is narrating another commercial. Great. Who, who is was the vampire? It was, it was a puppet, yeah. I think. I think it was a big ass puppet. 
It was not. There was an actor. I just realized, and you knew this, I just realized they showed this last night, the Dracula 2000, that Jared Butler was uh, was yeah. Dracula 2000. I had no idea. He was horrible, too. I yeah, he was I was pissed off because Dracula had, like, an overbite. That was, like, my big... It was a big was, argument. It was awful. Jennifer Esposito, that has, that has a huge, uh, huge cast in that. Jennifer Esposito's got nice breasts. She's a cutie. She's a cutie. She shows up all the time, but it had like, like you know, let's say girl from the seven or whatever, or nine from uh, Star Trek. What's that, what's that Jerry one? Ron. Jerry? Jerry Ryan. Yeah, Ryan. she was in it. Jerry, and a bunch of people were in it. Like, just. Well, those were the three. Yeah, didn't he have like his. And then Justine Waddell. Justine Waddell was in it, yeah. Uh, Delectable bitches like uh, you had, you know, Colleen Allen and Fitzpatrick. <laughs> yeah, Vitamin C, she was in it. Yep. Is that who that and, is? Uh, yeah, the, the the singer, the singer-songwriter. And then, you want to talk about uh, the fucking cast? Did you, look at his supporting vampire hunters. Johnny Lee Miller, yeah. Omar Epps, Sean Patrick Thomas, Danny Mastin and Lachlan Monroe. Yeah. How yeah, Danny Mastin. And then Danny Mastin played somebody who had like a funny name in it, like Nightshade or something. <laughs> Danny Mastin. Doesn't he have a brother that they're, they're, they're undistinguishable from each other? They they all look a lot alike, but yeah, they're bro- he does have a brother. He was on Malcolm in the Middle, his brother. So That's right. But they they look very similar. Are you kidding me? I'm looking right now. They look similar. They, they both they don't look exactly. Finished, they look like they've been finished see. forming. Like their bodies are still in the pupae. I think Master, Danny Master is in that Chicago 8 movie that's coming out. But he's actually getting to work lately. I thought he, I thought he was pretty much done. I have to, before you go, I need, I need some, I need some, we do need to talk about one other thing. All right, I get, then I got to go. What is it? Takers. <laughs> All right, we've talked about it before. Well, we went to we went to see uh, the movie The Losers the other night, which I enjoyed. I actually uh, liked it. Kind of. It was okay. Did you like it? it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm probably not going to see it again. And it was I, I did not like the way the action stuff was done. I liked the stuff that was in action for the most part. Some of the editing bothered me, but the action scenes were lifeless to me. I like some of the action scenes. I, the, some of the shooting scenes were bloodless, and they they kind of disguised and tried to disguise that with cool camera like flourishes. But yeah, that was annoying. But uh, I thought it was a pretty fun movie actually. But I like some of the action. We saw the trailer for Takers, which I think we saw the first time when we saw a different movie together, Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, the trailer's been here for a while, but it looks incredible. Um, Hayden Christensen's hat in that movie, I cannot get over it. It's incredible. It's so good. That, and the one is that scene... Considered a, is that considered a pork pie? No, it's something else. You, you, we were talking about this before, and you corrected me. I don't think it's pork pie, but it's a bowler, maybe? a bowler. It's like a bowler. It's like a bowler for, like, a small man. But he's wearing it, and then in one scene, he's not wearing the hat. He's got hat hair, which is great. Um, he, he and Paul Walker sort of look like each other at times. <laughs> yeah. They're both, they both, they're both in the movie together. I mean, Paul Walker is like a version of, of Hayden Christensen that works out and acts. Yeah, I don't... He, he actually... It's hard, he's actually out-acted by Paul Walker. That's, that's going to be... That's straight. He's just not a good actor, Hayden Christensen. So, so what... Okay, so it's also got Matt Dillon, the heist yep. flick. 
Yeah, T.I. Forrest Whitaker? T.I. I don't, I don't think I don't think he has Forrest Whitaker. Doris Elba, the guy for the losers. And Noiria. And uh, and anybody else? I mean, it's like everybody's in yeah. it, right? Yeah, there's a couple more people. I, I can't remember. but uh, I'm not looking at my, my IMDb. Plus, I mean, my IMDb only allows me to look at movies from the 2000s, so I can't even go to Takers. <laughs> that movie was filmed... That movie was filmed so long ago. Yeah. And now it's now we're getting it. We're we're being given takers. And I think the director's excuse was, well, we what we wanted to do was we wanted to hold it for a summer season, um, a couple of years down the line when we can find a spot. We were trying to wait. We were trying to wait for uh, Hayden Christ- Christensen to get famous when we decided finally just to release it. Yeah. The, it's like, well, we want to wait until Matt Dillon, like, gets a script about an armored heist movie, makes the movie, it comes out on video, and a few <laughs> months later, capitalize on that. Because Matt, what, did, he read the script for Armored, like, after they filmed Takers. He's like, I got yeah. the script, it's kind of similar, but it's so long from now that take, Takers will have come and gone by the time Armored hits screens. Oops. Poor guy. The guy that filmed Takers is dead. He died of old age. <laughs> and he made the movie out of film school. Uh, well, I hope it's good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Takers with you on opening night. So I'll be there. Actually, 2015. Are you wait? First of all, it's a dog shit movie that no one cares about. Of course, Chad will be doing a screening of it. <laughs> Are you kidding? Wait. Somebody's going to approach me and say, hey, Takers fits in with your young and happening demographic. Why don't you guys, why don't you guys do a screening in 19 suburban cities? Yeah, why, why don't you spend $1,000 on stamps so you can send Takers to the masses for free? Fucking. So the door's open, I'm telling you. All right, well, you just say when. We're, we're, we're taking it. Takers, ladies and gentlemen. No, we're taking it. That's where you guys are taking it for sure. That's good. There's no way it's good. There's, it can't, that's impossible that that would be good ever or worth seeing. But I'll be there opening night. Right on. Well, Justin, thank you. I guess you can go back to work and enjoy your enjoy your life. Thank you for talking about Craig Watson's penis with me for a long time. No problem. No problem. I always enjoy it. All right, sports. All right, take care. Now, now we're at an impasse. We have 19 minutes left in the allocated show time. I could end it now, or more of you could call in at 1-347-826-9101, and we can shoot the proverbial ass. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it while listening to a clip from the Breck Eisner interview. You had done an episode of that horror anthology show, correct? Yeah, yeah I did the first episode of Fear Itself. Your name wasn't one I associated with, the genre, and then seeing the trailer... Uh, not only is it gorgeous, um, but it just seemed like like a perfect marriage there. Do you have a horror sensibility, or is it kind of like um, just the, this project uh, just worked for you to, to make it your next feature? Well, it's kind of both. Uh, to be honest, I definitely have a horror sensibility, but my sensibility towards horror is very specific. I, I've grown up watching horror, and I love the classic horror. I love... The Shining is one of my all-time favorites. The Omen, The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, Jaws, Carpenter's The Thing. Um, you know, those movies I, I, I just love. And I love them because 
they have strong characters, they have strong stories, they have, you, you can really get immersed in the world. The scares are one that work on a gut, tense level. Uh, it's not so much about the, the violence of the kills, although the, the violence is in them and, and, it, and it works in the movies, but it's, that doesn't define the movies. The movies aren't defined by their themes and their characters and their stories. And that, that's the horror I really, I really enjoy. You know, for me, horror is a great way to take a character and peel back that character that's raw in her. You're on the air. Who is this? Hi, this is David. David? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Have you called in before? I have never called in before. This is my first time. Well, I would like to welcome you. Thank you, sir. What, what would you like to talk about, sir? Um, I don't know. I honestly just tuned in a few minutes ago. Um, did you guys already talk about the losers already? We briefly did, but I'd, I'd be more than happy to visit it again. We, all, we didn't really talk about the movie itself rather than the fact that we saw it and there was a trailer for Takers. I did say I was disappointed with the action photography. But. I'm sorry. I, I just kind of came in here. Is this Nick that I'm speaking with right now? That is correct. Well, Nick, it's an honor to speak with you. I've been following your site for quite some time. Well, hopefully you've caught it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's much appreciated. Um, I know, I know so, you only read, read it for, uh, for uh, our reviews of obscure television shows, but that's okay. Uh, I so read it for a variety of reasons, Nick. So, what did you think of? Take, uh, I'm sorry. What did you think of the losers? Is what I meant to say. I was actually kind of excited about it because um, I'd gone to the set for in Puerto Rico for it, and I was and I got to watch them shoot the shipyard sequences, and I got to you know kind of see them, and I fell in love with a lot of the people. You know, the, I mean, like these are all like good kind of peripheral actors, so I was kind of excited about it. Um, and then the, the trailers you know, we're pretty good. And the fact that they moved it in front of the A-team, to me, seemed like they were beating them to the punch with a similar kind of story. So I actually thought this was going to kind of be a really sneaky, great little film. And what I got was kind of a mildly entertaining, but kind of unfulfilling as a whole action flick. Uh, I didn't I'd hate say it. That's I enjoyed pretty... Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a pretty good description. I think it was pretty um, unsubstantial. But uh, the problem is when you have a movie like this where, like, the action scenes um, are basically, like, you know, one of the few fun parts other than the humor, which is hit or miss, then you really got to deliver. And uh, I felt like the set pieces, you know, there's some pretty bad CGI and uh, there was no tension in them. Like, if you, you know, you have five guys going in to kill, like, a, a thousand dudes. Uh, it's pretty hard to to feel like there's some stakes there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. And and uh, dude, and when you have somebody like Chris Evans in there who's who's electric, you need the other people to hold up. I was really hoping this was going to be a big cutting out party for Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But I actually, was not not that impressed with his work in the movie. I agree I with you. I feel like it. I feel like he squandered the goodwill he earned uh, from Watchmen, honestly. And from Grey's Anatomy. What? Uh, uh, I don't watch that show, but okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm going to bring another caller to join us, somebody from Atlanta. I think, it's, I think the number looks familiar. Who's this? This is uh, one of your loyal employees. Is that Ren, is that Ren Brown? That is Ren Brown. This is Ren no Brown. Relation, no relation to Red Brown, unfortunately. Unfortunately not. Did you Much see the losers, Ren? See what? Did you see the losers? 
I did not. I have not. In fact, I was going to ask you if I should see, when I take my trip, if I should see the losers or if I should catch up on uh, Clash of the Titans, which I also miss. That's a tough one because you're not going to... I don't think you should see either of those. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Nick. No, he's not going to have a huge smile regardless. Maybe uh, I should just if you do see Clash, see it in 2D, because I saw it in L.A. after I'd seen it in 3D, I saw it in 2D, and it was, it was a better experience. I was planning I don't on think it. You should see, I don't think you should see either of those films. Like, there's, I think there are far better movies that you can see in theaters right now than those. Um, well, I was interested in Clash because I, I had never actually seen the original, uh, because my childhood is not, uh, is not ancient. So I Netflixed it, and... Uh, I, I I kind of enjoyed the old one a lot actually. Um, even oh, the old one's a, I mean the old one's a blast. Yeah, and I even liked Bubo. I didn't hate uh, robotic goals or anything. I so. the line. But you know what? The, the things that made the first one what it is is there was a certain kind of playfulness or, or kind of like a like a love of 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 uh, yesteryear because it was kind of the end of an era. That movie came out about a decade too late to really have any. Impact. I mean, people are already moving on in terms of what they were looking for in terms of special effects. I think it came out after Dragon Slayer. To me, the, that rewrote the book as far as that kind of stuff goes. But um, it's worth seeing uh, because you could see it's a good lesson in how not to, how not to uh, how not to make a remake and still be somewhat successful. I mean, it's it's fine in its own right, but you know they really had the keys to the kingdom with that, where they could have really gone and made a truly great big myth- mythology movie. And they instead did something that could have been called, you know, God of War or whatever else, and it would have nobody would have cared. You've seen Kick-Ass, right? Oh yes. Okay, so I would say out of the stuff that's still playing, that you may not have seen, you're shit out of luck unless you see like one of the like nature movies, like uh, Oceans or uh, or the Hubble movie, because otherwise, I think you've seen everything of merit out. More than likely. Unfortunately, I'm in, you know, the deep, deep, deep south, so I don't even know if we're playing any of those things that involve science. But um, I think you're in a good place. But you know what, though? Because of the business that you're in and because of what you're doing with, you know, with school and all that, any movie can have value to you, you know? So you can watch, you can watch a movie and get a completely different value out of it, even if, even if you're not entertained by it. So if you went and saw The Losers, um, I think I think it's a good you know from a film from a filmmaking and a film school perspective, you could look at that. I mean, you have the guy that did what the dance movie, right? Stomp the Yard. He directed it, and you could see where that where the film is influenced a little bit by his his style. But you can also see where they they could have really succeeded and they didn't because of just some silly decisions that they made. And you think about Peter Berg being. I mean, obviously he left the project and they used his script and he was a producer on it, but. I think it's to say he wasn't very hands-on. You could see what it might have been, and I, and I think that's the losers that I was hoping to see. But it's, it's you can get something out of it, no doubt. I guess I'll just have to flip a coin between that and Clash. We'll or see. Ghost Story. Um, Ren, may I ask where, uh, what, what city or town you live in? I live in Savannah, Georgia. Okay, so are there any art house theaters near you? Actually, we, we have a ton of, we have a fairly decent amount of theaters. I was more joking than anything. I'm not sure if we're playing Hubble, which I really, really would like to see. They're probably playing, uh, was it Oceans somewhere? 
So I was kind of being a little sarcastic. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, several multiplexes, and then we got some uh, artsy theater in town. So, Have you Where seen you How based, to Train David? Your... I'm sorry, what? Where are you based? I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Are you, um, are you, have you seen How to Train Your Dragon yet? I have not. That was the other option. I hadn't even I thought can, about I can that. guarantee you, I, I can, I'll, I'll bet you money that uh, you will enjoy How to Train Your Dragon more than either The Losers or uh, Clash of the Titans. Well, funny because uh, I've, actually, I've actually been waiting for How to Train Your Dragon because uh, I believe it was my freshman year uh, because we're a big animation school. Uh, DreamWorks comes every year, and they did a presentation, and they had How to Train Your Dragon, and this is almost four years ago, and they had just little bits of concept art, and I loved the idea, so it's been interesting finally emerge after all this time. So I do need to catch that too. Oh yeah, well I got to go and I got to watch you make Delgo. So Holy shit. Put that in your fucking phone. <laughs> should I should I bow? Oh <laughs> uh, no, it's not necessary. It doesn't carry well over the airwaves, but I appreciate the gesture. Um, <laughs> hey Ren, have you seen Ghost Story? I have not. Uh, I instantly added it to the queue when I uh, when I saw the podcast a coming. But uh, well, that's not actually a good idea. You, you cross cut Ghost Story and queue, so you have a winged serpent, and then the, the and then Kexicadle together. I have in the seen queue. Interesting. Red is another option. You could wait until Friday when Night Run Elm Street and Furry Vengeance hit theaters. Now that's a fucking action-packed double feature. I, I can, don't know. I can guarantee you. I can almost guarantee you that Furry Vengeance is better. That's sad. I have I have heard things of nightmares. Not good yeah. things. Not sweet, sweet, sweet songs of nightmares. It, the it, it, is apparently it's a so nightmare. Bad. We want. We all want Jackie to do so well. And that seemed like such a good call, but... but I, I, don't, yeah. I can't imagine it's his fault. I mean, all, but even, even though Robert he, England was a nightmare in the later films, it wasn't really his fault the movies were bad, even though he yeah. was shit, too. Yeah. Jackie, do you have anything lined up besides after Nightmare? He's, he's, on, that, he's on that Human Target show, and, and I, I'm not worried about the well-being of Jackie or Haley. He, he is... So ahead of the curve. I mean, like, if you think about, like, six years ago, everybody you asked who knew who he was would have said, oh, he's dead, or he's going to be dead, or he's uglier than being dead. And now <laughs> he's got, like, paying jobs. He's become somewhat of a name. He's gotten nominated. I, uh, the, shine, the shine on Jackie Rohaley is eternal. I'm not worried about him. He, he, could, he could never get another job again, and I think he's okay. Well, I, I think, think when I think the director's still like, lives in the same sleeping bag that he did after... After the bad news bears. <laughs> All right. Well, I must duck out, sir. But I have enjoyed the last yeah, hour and forty minutes. It, it's been our distinct pleasure. Just wait till next week when we do Sasquatch Mountain. Cannot wait, and uh, I'll be back in Atlanta permanently soon. So, well, watch out. There'll be plenty. There'll be plenty for you to do. Awesome. See you soon. All right. So as we as we enter as we, as we enter the waning 
minutes of this show. Is there anything else Chud-related or anything movie-related you want to discuss, sir? Because I think the callers are exhausted. I, I see. Are you exhausted, sir? I am just reaching my stride. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be really <laughs> funny in about 10 minutes when we are off the air. How many, um, how many minutes are left in this podcast that are able Precisely to Precisely five. five. Five glorious, fun-filled minutes are left. How do you feel about uh, Kick-Ass? Uh, I mean, Kick-Ass is going to be profitable, but it's not exactly the runaway hit that some of us had hoped for. How do you feel about that? I think Kick-Ass is right where it belongs. Because I'm not... It, I like it a lot. But I don't think it's infallible. And I think it's, it's either an edit away from being great or something away from being great, like truly great. Um, but I appreciate it, and it's a good movie, and it's got a lot of fun stuff, and it's, it's atypical. And uh, it's, it's, it's reaching the right people. It's not, it's not something that we really want to filter out to, to, the, to the majority of the world, as much as the studio would. I don't think the movie is – it's not – I wouldn't use it as the beacon to, like, the hearts of uh, people like us. Um, there are movies that are better geared for that, I think. But I, I think it's doing exactly what it needs to do. It's not hurting anybody. Nobody's going to kill themselves because of it. Nobody's going to lose a job because of it. Um, everybody that made the film could be proud that they kept their integrity. All the actors it did wonders for you know some of the young people, and it's great for Nicolas Cage because it reminds people that we did like him at one point. So I think it's in a perfect place. I don't think it's something that's going to be rediscovered down the line like Fight Club because um, Fight Club to me is, I mean, the people that, I mean, like that, I, I guess there are people that are, influ are influenced by Kick-Ass the same way some of us were about Fight Club. And actually, Fight Club, some of the shine is worn off of that, and it's not nearly as great as I remember it. But but, um, but I think it's, if you're a certain age, like if you're, I don't know how old you are, but if, if you're a certain age, Kick-Ass might be that kind of transitional movie for you. So I think it's doing everything it needs to do, honestly. I don't think anybody's crying tears about Kick-Ass. It's, Making good money for the most part, considering it's an R-rated, you know, superhero, anti-superhero movie. Um, but I think it's, you know, I, everybody should be proud about their work. I mean, they, they did a good job, and it's what it is. I mean, I think that Lionsgate had a big opportunity here, and I think they blew it, in my opinion. I mean, I think you, you here's the thing, here's the big problem. Everyone thinks this movie is for kids. Like you ask, you ask every day, I ask all my friends and they think it's a movie for kids. Like people will never go see this movie because why would they see this movie for kids? It's a hard R rated movie and uh, Lionsgate tried to have it, tried to have their cake and eat it too, in my opinion. Well, um, it was, it was, a, they sold people a bill of goods with the first trailer because they made it seem like it was cute and wistful and colorful and all of that. But at the same time, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't think anybody that reads Chud thought it was a kid's film. And I don't think it reads like some of the other sites that did a lot of coverage for this think it was a kid's film. I, I, that's definitely Lionsgate's failing. But it's, it's not even close to the fact that Lionsgate, think about what made Lionsgate. I mean, uh, and movie marketing in general is a very inexact and kind of go shit out of fan type of science anyway. If they would have marketed Kick-Ass as what it is, it probably wouldn't have, it, it would have pulled the losers this, that weekend that came out. So, I mean, you could you could say yeah I mean it, it's a hard film to market I mean I don't I don't envy those people's jobs but if they Nora market I, it as, as a kids movie then they they got this and they have mixed feelings and maybe they were doing it to court controversy a little bit but if they market it as a hard R film that's not comfortable 
at times and features a young girl doing things that young girls aren't supposed to do in movies, um, then they probably would have uh, not recouped anything. So, I, but these are the people that make Saw. So, right. you know, there's always that caveat. So, you know, the fact that they squeak something good to the system, you know, maybe, maybe it justifies some of the satanic money they've earned with those movies. That's fair. That's fair enough, sir. Fair enough. But, but uh, neither, either way, it's no ghost story. Yeah. Uh, no ghost story meaning that they're going to be okay, you're saying? Well, no, I'm saying it's like, I mean, they... Oh, they I... But in, gotcha. in 29 years, you could bet your pussy I ain't going to be talking about the gas. So I, we're about to go to the show, so I appreciate you helping me carry it this last few uh, few minutes. I'm going to close it with a bang, all right, my man? You're welcome, Nick. Thank you for Thank having you. me on. Take care. Thanks, thanks for reading, Chud. Keep it up, man. And as we reach the nadir of our show, I must uh, regret to say that we probably won't be talking about Craig Watson's penis for at least two more weeks. I apologize. I know that there's people that want it. But uh, I've got to juggle the power and responsibility thing. You know, I prefer to talk about his penis all the time. But uh, I have the power, and I'm going to use it wisely. So thanks for listening. Fuck your mothers. 